most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The bats, relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Waiver Podcast for Week 10. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. We'll also have Samantha Praviti on later uh, to talk about waivers by each position. Uh, but let's start with our DFS breakdown uh, after uh, I say what up to Sean. Sean, how you doing? How was your week? Uh, it was a good week. Uh, you know, I, I usually make fun of people and they say, oh, that week was crazy in the NFL. I'm like, you know, wait till next week. But that that legitimately, legitimately was a crazy week. I mean, we had some massive upsets. Uh, very tough week to project. But in the end, uh, did really well. Seven and three on props. Finally had a bad week with present totals. I went 0-2, but <laughs> I'll take it. Um, as long as the props are, are back in line, uh, it should be good to go the second half. And I, I believe you had a, a really good week nine, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. It felt good. Um, <laughs> I think it was week seven when I really bottomed out. Like, there was just like one week uh, where I, did, I felt like I didn't know anything about football. Like, it was like I went like 0-4 <laughs> on spreads and totals. But the last two weeks have been really good. Uh, last week, I would have actually gone undefeated on spreads and totals if it weren't for the last two bets I made, which were reacting to the Tua news. Um, mm. I bet Houston at like five and a half still lost. And then uh, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this. I took the Bills money line in game in like uh, the, whatever t- uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence like went down at like oh, minus 555. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I only had put one unit on it, but like, I was like, you know, it felt like a, a plus EV bet because I was calculating the probability, you know, pregame of them winning. And then the probability of them winning without Jacksonville starting quarterback. And I was like, okay, this is still a, a plus EV bet. And of course they, uh, they get upset. So that was fun, but no, it was a really <laughs> good week. Um, I believe somebody tweeted at me that the cash lineup, uh, my cash lineup would have won the FanDuel single entry by eight points. Like, Oh, <laughs> so well, uh, yeah. that happens. <laughs> yeah. We had, a, we, yeah, we had like, we had, I know I think and- the, the, the cash lineup won like, it like quadrupled up in the Millie maker too, or something like that. So, oh yeah. It was a good sick. week on DraftKings too. And we, um, um we almost cash in our five pick second half. Uh, oh yeah. Packs on, on, uh, yeah. Price picks. Yeah. So we, uh, we just needed Adrian Peterson to do something. Unfortunately, that was way too much to ask for, but um, I felt really good about four of those five props. The only one uh, I was, if you bet was the AP one and sure enough, that's the one that lost, but I, I've been loving those second half uh, props on prize picks. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, for everyone listening, this is the Fantasy Flex Waiver Podcast presented by Prize Picks. Uh, they post second half lines and, uh, you know, game script and things like that. Y- you can kind of uh, combine an entry, make like a four or five pick entry where, you know, you're kind of projected out the game script. Last night, you know, Sean and I were saying, hey, Matthew Stafford's probably going to throw for a lot of yards in the second half. You know, maybe the Titans passing game doesn't do as much because of, uh, you know, because they were ahead. So, you know, things like that, you can, you can really get an edge and hit mm-hmm. some of those. So. Uh, be sure to check those out. But let's get into the Monday Night Showdown slate uh, pretty briefly because this is not <laughs> one of the greater games projected. I mean, anything could happen. Yeah. But uh, we have a seven-point spread in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The total just 39 uh, <laughs> against the <laughs> Chicago Bears. 
So uh, I'll start with the captain spot. I'm guessing it's your boy, Najee Harris. Yes, it begins and ends with Najee Harris. And, you know, given how crazy week nine has been, um, it would be fitting for this game to be like a super high scoring shootout, right? So, uh, you know, we we could be surprised here, but I do think Najee Harris is the play. Um, And then obviously you'll want to play the Steelers defense correlate with that. But um, I think a contrarian way to go would be, you know, to play either Darnell Mooney or Allen Robinson in the captain slot. I mean, I, I don't feel really good about either one tonight, but they're they're due to have a big game at some point, right? So it, it could be tonight. Um, and I think the roster ship in the captain slot um, will probably be lower than where it should be. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I love having Najee in the captain. So I think he's a smash spot tonight and uh, very high floor and high ceiling combo. Yeah, he, uh, he ended up being my RB3 for the week um, behind mm-hmm. Kamara, uh, Jonathan Taylor and Kamara. Um, so I expect him to have a good game. I think... Uh, I think the Bears receivers are a little too contrarian for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. is, we're still in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, the pressure for the Steelers, I mean, they're top, you know, they're, they're one of the, the best defenses at generating pressure. Right. And I don't know, I'm not even going to read off the, 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 the field's <laughs> numbers under pressure because I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to play my boy like that. You know, we, we had high hopes for him coming <laughs> into the season. Just know that yeah. they're really bad. So uh, I, I think the, probably the, the, play for me if I'm going away from Najee is just uh, Deontay Johnson you know you know mm-hmm. Steelers obviously struggle on offense they're kind of inconsistent so maybe you know turns out like last primetime game uh, with Tennessee where maybe Big Ben throws a pick or they fumble you know give Chicago a short field and they end up throwing a little more uh, the Bears are 32nd dead last in DVOA against number one wide receiver so uh, you know, that's kind of a, a little bit off the grid I think Najee will obviously be a lot higher owned in that con- in that captain spot, but uh, I do like Deontay as well. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, you know, if you drafted him, but David Montgomery is back. So that kind of, uh, you know, there's probably going to be kind of a split backfield with uh, with Khalil Herbert and Montgomery tonight. So that kind of, it's going to be tougher to get value out of one of those Bears backs in that captain spot. All right. Uh, what about the Chico's? Who do you like? Yeah. So I think Khalil Herbert might be sneaky because, uh, like you said, David Montgomery is expected to return tonight. Uh, we'll wait and see what other information we can get on that. But I think they might just ease him in tonight. Uh, Damian Williams is out. So they, they definitely want to have, you know, uh, another running back in there to spell Herbert. Um, and I think they want to get Montgomery some work in before the week 10 buy. Um, so clearly he's, he's healthy enough to return before the buy. I think he'll get, you know, at least six to 10 touches, but I think Herbert's roster ship might be lower because of it, but Herbert's looked really good. So I could see him being, more of the workhorse back for one more game. So I think he's a sneaky play tonight. Um, you know, it's really hard to find <laughs> sneaky uh, ancillary receivers in this game, but I think Marquise Goodwin uh, might be uh, the guy for the Bears. Uh, you know, his routes run um, typically go in the 40 to 50% range. Uh, and Darnell, Darnell Mooney's a bit banged up. So, you know, he could have to step up tonight. And Goodwin's the type of player that could break the slate with a single catch. Um, so I like sprinkling in some Goodwin lineups. Um, and then on the Steelers side, you know, James Washington and Zach Gentry um, would be nice leverage against, you know, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Pat Firemuth. I love all three of those, uh, you know, pass catchers for the Steelers, but, uh, you know, Washington would be good leverage against the receivers. And then Gentry, you know, he ran 35% routes run last week. Uh, Son Enzo target wasn't catchable, but he ended up going uh, three for 39 last week uh, in the air. So um, I like him as leverage against Firemuth. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, a really weak slate when it comes to 
um, just playmakers. Yeah, for me, it's the defenses. I mean, I love yeah. the Steelers defense. And this, this is a total of 39. So if you're looking for some variance, I mean, the Bears defense is not the worst thing. Now, I, I do think, I do worry about the Bears defense a little bit. You know, no Khalil Mack, obviously. So it's going to be tougher. But we've seen defenses play well just when you think they're not going to. I mean, look at Denver uh, coming out there mm-hmm. without Von Miller and just completely shutting down the Dallas Cowboys. So. Um, you know, the total is 39 for a reason. I think that's pretty on point. Like, you know, 39, 40 uh, is kind of where I have that number as well. So, um, yeah, for me, it's just it's just the defenses. I think Claypool may have a, a, a decent game. Yeah. You know, the Bears have been weak uh, to the deep right side of the field. Uh, they're fourth worst in DVOA. So that's where Claypool gets, uh, you know, a lot of his deep targets to that side. So um, Chicago also will play man coverage. And so. Uh, Claypool tends to be better against man coverage. He's not a guy that Big Ben looks too often against against zones because, you know, I guess he's a bigger guy, doesn't young guy, still raw route runner, doesn't always find those sweet soft spots in the zones. Mm-hmm. But uh, you got him one on one, and and this is the kind of game where you're probably going to get one on one coverage. You know, these low scoring type of games. So um, I, I'd look for Claypool, but yeah, it's, it's it's not one of those games where I want to get too fancy with a lot yeah. of just cheap guys. I mean. <laughs> You know, James Washington and Ray Ray McLeod split the snaps. Goodwin, like you said, he, he could break the slate on one catch, which he better do because he'll probably only get one catch. <laughs> <laughs> right. Same, you know, similar situation to Demary Bird. They waved Brashad Perriman in the least surprising move of all time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of slim pickings here. I mean, this is a slate where you might actually uh, get some value playing the kickers. Usually you don't yeah. because their ceiling is so capped. But I mean, a total of 39, you get a few field goals here and there, um, especially a 50 yard plus, And you might might actually get some value there with the with the kickers. But yeah, uh, and uh, Boswell's a kicker for the Steelers. Tonight. It was Lambeau last week. So maybe people will get confused and uh, roster Lambeau. Uh, so Boswell might be sneaky just because maybe not everybody knows he's the kicker tonight. <laughs> I don't think Lambeau was a kicker last week. I think Lambeau was oh, signed. He- he was, he was signed because, because uh, remember, uh, Tomlin did the fake field goal and Boswell got lit up. And then, oh, that's right. Yeah, and, yeah. and then he was questionable to play, but he's good to yeah. go. So Boswell's good yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah. Lambeau, they signed him to the practice squad, but they, didn't, they don't need to elevate him because right. uh, Boswell he's is good to go. fortunately good. Incredible after taking that massive, massive hit for somebody that never takes hits that he's able to play. Yeah, I, that, was, <laughs> I, that was a questionable call like, in that kind of game, yeah. but. Uh, we digress. Uh, that's going to do it for our showdown breakdown. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex Waiver Podcast is a segment we call the Lead Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Pick app and compare our player projections to the props to build an entry. Sean, start us off with your Prize Pick Elite Entry for tonight's Monday Night Football matchup between the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, to no surprise, I'm sticking with the Najee Harris over 76 and a half rushing yards. I told you about this prop on Tuesday. I told you about it on Friday, and I'm telling you about it now. Uh, take the over here. Um, I'm projecting this closer to 82 and a half to 85. I, I just think that the positive game script of the Steelers being uh, minus seven just means we're going to see uh, a ton of rushing attempts for Harris. He's rushed um, over 20 times each of the past three games. Um, so I think that will continue tonight. And, you know, the Bears' run defense hasn't been that great this year. They rank 24th in DVOA. Um, so I think he'll be efficient as well. Uh, the Steelers' offensive line has been doing a lot better job these past few games. So uh, I think we're going to see the best version of Harris tonight. And I'm taking over 76 snap rushing yards. 
I'm going with Justin Fields over 33 and a half rushing yards. Fields after 12 yards or fewer in each of his first three starts on the ground has 43, 38, and then 103 uh, rushing yards over his last three games. The Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the top teams in the NFL at generating pressure on defense. And what's really changed for Fields is not the designed runs, which we wish we would see more of as well, but the scrambles. He scrambled 20 times over the last three games, uh, a rate of 17% of his dropbacks. Uh, that's way up from earlier in the season. And that's why you're seeing the uptick in rushing use to show in a hostile environment in Pittsburgh. He may be their best chance of offense, and I don't think he's going to find a lot of open receivers or have a lot of time to throw the ball. So I think he's going to have to do it uh, on the ground. So Justin Fields, over 33 and a half rushing yards. That's our prize picks and lead entry segment for today. As a recap, Sean going Najee Harris over 76 and a half rushing yards. And I'm going Justin Fields over 33 and a half rushing yards. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move. So you want to get on it fast in order to lock in the best numbers. If you have not created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description. And they will match your first deposit up to $100. Or you can visit prizepicks.com and enter the promo code ACTION. 10 that's a-c-t-i-o-n one zero all right now back to the show all right now it's time for our week 10 waiver priorities uh and joining us is the lovely samantha praviti samantha what up hey guys i am just like recovering from i don't even know what to call that like i woke up and i was thinking (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking like was that just a dream was that trash fire was late just a dream and it wasn't Oh man, so, uh, so some people's trash is another's treasure because I love that. Like, I love when like yeah, things was... go wrong. Like I love like you know chaos. Like, just but uh, yeah, what were you gonna say, Sean? No, I was I, I was gonna agree with Samantha. How usually I say people are being overly dramatic when they're like, oh that week whatever was insane. Uh, no, this week it was yeah. actually insane. That was um, just pure chaos. You know, I, I'm kind of with Ray Raybon. I, I do love the chaos. But even that was a little too much for me. <laughs> Not, I believe it was nine underdogs covered yeah. and seven one outright uh, of the thirteen games in week number nine. So uh, you know, if you you know play DFS tournaments, obviously it's probably a good week because a lot of you know if you're a contrarian player, a lot of things happen. But uh, for fantasy, if you're just you know looking for some start sits, uh, things did get a little wonky there. So we'll get into the the top waivers. Let's start at all right. So let's start a running back and it's. Kind of an ugly week uh, for waiver pickups, but we do have uh, fantasy managers with Joe Mixon on by, Khalil Herbert, Devontae Booker, if you've been using him as well, um, is on a buy. So, uh, Samantha, I'll start with you. Who is your top waiver priority this week? Uh, Any love for Jordan Howard, maybe some Eno Benjamin? Both of them found the end zone uh, a week ago. It is really lean out there, guys. So, yeah, you know, Benjamin is intriguing. Obviously, James Conner was the star of that show, but uh, it looks like that Chase Edmonds, who was injured on the very first play of the game, suffered a high ankle sprain. Don't know the timetable on that, but like probably three to four weeks at least. So we could definitely see some, you know, Benjamin mixed in there. And like that's that's a testament to how bad this waiver cycle is. So that's who I'm leading with. Um, Jordan Howard, obviously, it's like another day, another Eagles running back, not named Kenny Gainwell, that sees the lion's share of the work. 
Uh, he saw 70, 17 attempts for 71 yards and a touchdown. Really good matchup, obviously, but uh, this committee is really tough to trust. I don't know if there's anyone. I obviously felt like Boston Scott was going to be the guy since he got a lot of the early downs work last week and the previous week. And then this week he was barely incorporated. Yeah, I think that what's going on with Philly was that Chargers team, everyone knows you can run on them. And it seemed to me like they wanted to go with more of like a power running game in that one. So Boston Scott is probably their most talented overall back, but he's a little bit on a smaller side. You know, he's more of a special teams returner, like dual threat kind of guy. So uh, maybe they just felt that it was, you know, more of a power game. So, yeah, I mean, Howard scares me, Um, you know, this matchup at Denver. Uh, you know, I could see them not running the ball as much with any of those guys. So it's tough. And then, of course, Gainwell got a, a touchdown inside. So I think Eno Benjamin looked really good, Sean. You know, what did you think? I, I know you saw that truck stick that Eno Benjamin delivered late in that, uh, in that game against the 49ers. Yeah, uh, he's talented and he, he's a logical Chase Edmonds replacement. Um, you know, he was a really good pass catching back at Arizona State. Uh, he was able to handle 20 to 25 carries a game. Uh, but, you know, if anything, this is going to be just more work for James Conner. I mean, he looked like Derrick Henry reincarnated last week. I mean, he looked really good. So he's going to be a high-end RB2 if Chase Stedman's is out. Uh, but, you know, Benjamin, he could sneak into like RB3 flex um, in PPR format. So if, if you're desperate, he, he's a good add. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a pretty thin week on the waiver wire. I, I would say Devin Singletary, if he's available. Um, looks like he's rostered in 64% of leagues, but if he's available in your league, add him um, because, you know, it looks like Zach Moss is going to be in the concussion protocol. Uh, so Singletary could be the lead back against the Jets this week. So if he's out there, add him for sure. Yeah. Same thing goes for Brandon Bolden, JJ mm-hmm. Taylor, because Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson look like they both may be in the protocol. We're recording this early Monday. So I'm not exactly sure how that's going to turn out, but as of now, the, the news we have is that both of them left the game with head injuries. Uh, all right. Of these other guys that found the end zone, maybe you know, put up decent fantasy performances. Who do we trust? Talking about De- Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, Ty Johnson of the Jets going against Buffalo. Bell and Freeman are on Thursday night football, so I'm sure people will get some questions about those guys. Just, you know, if people have them, do they start them Thursday? Uh, and, uh, and Adrian Peterson obviously got in the end zone in primetime. Uh, Sean, I'll start with you this time. Any of those guys interest you if managers are in a pinch, maybe you're a mixing owner and you just need somebody to, to fill in uh, for this week? Um, I would go with Devontae Freeman. Uh, you know, they play Thursday night. We'll know if Latavius Murray is able to return um, by then. So I, I think if Latavius Murray's out, Freeman's the way to go. And, you know, their their stat lines were similar, but Freeman really did um, outplay Bell. Uh, you know, Freeman had 58% snap share and 15 touches. So he is the lead back when Murray's out. Um, and I also commented that, you know, we can't expect much receiving work from Ravens backs. And then, you know, Devontae Freeman, of course, he went two catches, four yards and a receiving touchdown. So that's what I get for saying that. So, you know, he, he could get a couple of catches here and it's a, it's an easy matchup against the Dolphins. So he could be an RB two if Murray is out. Um, and, you know, the other guy would probably be Brandon Bolden. Like you said, if, if Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are out, I think Brandon Bolden will have a pretty big workload. He's the guy that Belichick trusts. Um, he can handle, you know, 10 to 15 rush attempts if needed. And he's the main pass catching back. I don't know if JJ Taylor can really handle much more than five to 10 touches. So he'd be sort of the change of pace back. So um, Brandon Bolden would probably be the other stash I would make early in the week. 
Samantha, how about you? Uh, of all those names, you know, Freeman, Bell, Ty Johnson, uh, Adrian Peterson, Bolden, McNichols is still out, out there in some leagues. Mark Ingram, I think Mark Ingram should be rostered. Uh, I was oh, just yeah. going to yeah, say yeah. Mark Ingram's the guy at 38% rostered that mm-hmm. did see an uptick in work this week in spite of some, I don't know, I don't even know what to call the quarterback situation in New Orleans because it was very confusing to me. Um, but I think he's a guy that at least has somewhat of a floor because it looks like he's going to get some work. Um, Ty Johnson, maybe in PPR formats might be intriguing. Um, Brandon Bolden, of course, yeah, if, if one of Stevenson or Harris missed time, Freeman definitely makes sense if, like, like Sean said, if Murray ends up missing this game as well. And like maybe like a deeper league dart throw I have on here is if Jamal Williams misses more time, uh, Jermar Jefferson could be an interesting ad in the deepest of leagues. <laughs> Watch it be Godwin is Wabuke or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. like the, the other guy. Yeah, no, that, that's a good that's a good point. Um, you know, Williams, we'll see what, what his health is looking like. But uh, DeAndre Swift just hasn't had it with with running the football. I mean, probably no one is going to have it against the Steelers this week. So it's tough. But yeah, I, I agree with Ingram and. You know, I, I might be a Saints whisperer. Uh, two weeks ago, I picked them to upset the Bucks, And then last week, I picked the Falcons against them. But this is Sean Payton as an underdog. And he is just great as an underdog. He's great coming off a loss. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints rack up like 30, 35 carries in this game. End up, you know, upsetting the Titans. And everyone's very confused because the Titans just played like this amazing game on, uh, on Monday night, uh, on Sunday night football. So, yeah, I think Ingram at 38%, he should... Like if we're talking on this pod next week, if he's not double that, I would be highly confused. And, and, and I don't think we'd be doing our job. If, if you're the Saints whisperer, can you tell me what the quarterback situation is going to be this week? I'm, I, I have it, uh, early week projection. I have Trevor Simeon getting 66.6. Oh, and, no. And Taysom Hill getting 33.3. Oh. Right, that's as best as I can do. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully uh, we just get full Taysom Hill. Just unleash him this week. That would be I, ideal. I think we should. I mean, that was, I mean, you could just see that coming from a mile away, right? Like the Saints yeah. fresh off an upset of the Bucks, starting Trevor Simeon against like this Falcons team that no one believes in is just like, this is not going to go well. And the fact that they actually <laughs> made it close at the end, you know, it was good. I mean, I think we got a Marquez Callaway touchdown. So my best ball teams uh, <laughs> enjoyed that. Um, the best ball teams that drafted him probably like five rounds too high. But uh, <laughs> I digress. Uh, Samantha, because you're on this podcast, you know, I have to ask you my favorite question to ask you every time you come out this podcast, uh, who's the third best running back in the Falcons backfield and why is it Mike Davis? (laughs) I hate this question. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, Oh, that was obviously disappointing. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's a giant L for me. Uh, very cool call on my part. Cordero Patterson looked really awesome in that game. It just seems like it was like a little bit of a defensive mismatch for, for the Saints. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Like they looked so strong going into this this week in terms of defense and then like didn't know what to do with Cordero Patterson. So full send on Cordero Patterson and <laughs> throw Mike Davis back on the waiver wire. <laughs> oh, so you're dropping him. That's a, that was kind of my question oh. in all seriousness. I mean, um, you know, Davis is still playing like, you know, he's, kind of playing like starting running back snaps because Patterson shifts between the slot and out. I mean, he was playing out wide last game because I guess, you know, no Calvin Ridley anymore. Um, but, but you're throwing him on the waiver. Right? Like you're just done with it is what you're saying. I'm, I mean, in 10, like 12 team leagues, which I think are a lot of leagues, I'd be willing to throw him back on the waiver wire. I mean, there are guys that I would be more excited to pick up. 
Sean. Any, any yeah, so I'm curious when you say he's the third best running back, are you who's the number two? Are you implying Wayne Goldman or Quadri Olison? <laughs> whoever's or the active, fullback Keith, whoever's the, the other active you, Keith Smith. Yeah, the fullback <laughs> Keith Smith. Are you implying he's the second? Best? I, I think I listen, I had the Falcons yesterday. And there was, I mean, they would have probably still covered the number regardless, but you never know. But when they had the chance to win the game uh, and they're driving downfield, Mike Davis almost fumbled when they were just setting up the field goal, like at the end of the game. Like that's how (laughs) he did fumble actually, I I believe. So, I mean, it just, it seems like every week it's just, he's just not doing what we need him to do. Um, You know, I, I feel like he's still like a borderline top 30 back just off usage, but yeah. Yeah, I would be looking for ways not to start. That was, I a, that was a tough matchup, though. Yeah. Oh, this week. you don't and, run on the Saints. Right. And I, I feel bad because I almost got this right uh, heading in the season. I said, you know, Mike Davis is a, a frozen pun to running back. But I was like, I don't know who's going to steal carries from him because it's not going to be Cordell or Patterson. <laughs> and uh, I was so close to getting it right. So yeah, close. partial credit for that. All part, like 50. Like, that's an F, though. Uh, <laughs> but I got it half right. I mean, we're, we're grading on a curve when it comes to Cordell Patterson. I don't think anyone saw that coming. I mean, we actually mentioned him a few times. After week season, one, after so, week yeah. one, we saw the underlying usage and we're like, wait a minute. Yeah. He has potential here. But it it wasn't until like week four or five, I really committed to him being a, a low-end RB1, but eventually got there. And by the way, I was looking at the, you know, for the, preparing for the pot, I always look at the percent rostered in Yahoo leagues and uh, Cordell Patterson is not 100%. And what? so... Please go. If you are in that like 7% of leagues, you, what are you doing? Pick up that man right now. Uh, Those are just to- like abandoned leagues. I think like, <laughs> right, that's, yeah, that's like not the real. Guy, the owner started like, Oh, and three. And then just checked out. And like, no <laughs> yeah. one's picking them. Like, uh, I don't know. It, it's odd, but uh, all right, let's go to quarterbacks. And um, this is just more about who we picking up to stream this week. Not too many quarterbacks of, you know, relevance on by Joe Burrow. You've probably been starting him. So you'll need a replacement. Uh, and then Daniel Jones, if you've been streaming him, uh, you, you know, not that it's been, it's been a bumpy ride, but uh, he's on by as well. So um, looking at some of the available options here, I think the guy that stands out to me is Carson Wentz at home against the Jaguars. The Colts are implied to score 28 and a half points by the uh, Vegas odds. Samantha, uh, is that kind of the guy you're looking at or is, is somebody else catch your eye? He's not a guy that's in my column only because he's 60% rostered at this mm. point and I have a 50% cutoff. But yeah, I mean, that's definitely an attractive matchup. There are so few guys right now that are under 50% that I was just grasping at straws. So the ones that I have listed and none of them have really great matchups are Teddy Bridgewater, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Taylor Heineke. And that's like, if you're really desperate. So uh, yeah, I mean, if you can grab Carson Wentz, I would, I would definitely go for it. Uh, I like that Teddy Bridgewater call uh, there, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and the Steers, they're implied for 26 and a half against Detroit. So, I mean, we'll see how he plays tonight against the bears, but um, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, they, they, he has essentially the highest implied total out of those other guys you mentioned. And this Philly defense, I said it on the unconvinced me yesterday. It is just so easy to prepare for. I mean, I don't know if you got to see the chargers Eagles game, but it was a close game, but the Eagles didn't stop the Chargers. Like at all, the whole game, like it, the Chargers just went up and down the field and back up and back down the field. Like that was the, so it's like I, this Bronco offense, the way they played against Dallas, um, you know, having Jerry Judy back now, you had, you scored 30 points and Cortland Sutton had like what, one, two catches under, I think he had under 10 yards. Yeah. Noah Fant should be back this week. Noah Fant should be back. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think Albert Okuebunam uh, got hurt, but I just wanted to say Okuebunam live on air. Nicely done. 
Uh, Tim Patrick, though. Love that guy. I I feel like Uh, I've been, it's like every week I I kind of make a joke and I'm like, Tim Patrick kind of looks like the Broncos best receiver. And then I'm like, "Ah, okay, but Judy's back this week. Sutton's back this week. Like he'll probably take a back seat. And then he looks again like the Broncos best receiver. He made a play where he like, they were short of the first down mark. And I hate when this is, this happens all around the league and it needs to stop because the the numbers (laughs) prove that it's a very inefficient way to go about it. But teams throw short of the stick and they threw short of the sticks. And Patrick just made like this crazy spin move and just like somehow got a, a, a impossible first down on a third down play. Um, that that really impressed me. But what were you gonna say, Sean? I, I was gonna say call Tim Patrick a rich man, Zach Pascal, um, <laughs> just the guy that we always overlook, and he ends up being one of the top receivers uh, despite all the other talent. Like he, he, I'm done um, underestimating Tim Patrick. Uh, so yeah, he, he looked really good this weekend. I think he'll continue to produce. Uh, all right. Uh, Let's go to, let's talk. Oh, about let something. me, let me oh, say no. my streaming quarterback. Real oh quick, yeah. Though. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I do think Tyler Heineke is a pretty good option this okay. week. Right now he's my QB 12. Uh, again, it's earlier in the week, but you know, his rushing upside gives him a high floor ceiling combo. He's facing the Buccaneers, which is a pass funnel defense. And that's, that's the team that the legend of Tyler Heineke was born last year in the, the wild card round of the playoffs. So um He's played well against them before. He should be getting Logan Thomas back this week, possibly Curtis Samuel. So he has a ton of weapons. It should be a pass-heavy game script. So I think Heineke is a good uh, streaming option this week. Yeah, I definitely like Heineke. Logan Thomas will obviously be a big addition. I have no, like, any confidence that Curtis Samuel will ever play a complete (laughs) game of football. (laughs) But uh, hopefully, you know, guys like uh, Antonio Gibson might, like, have gotten a little bit healthier with the bye. So hopefully Washington's uh, offense can put something together against this leaky Bucks defense. I mean, they'll have to because this is Tom Brady off a bye, off a loss. Like <laughs> Tampa Bay is putting up fifty. <laughs> yeah, so, so Brady's uh, had two weeks of stew over that. So yeah. Oh yeah, he's yeah Brady he's, game. He's, he's, he's tender. Uh, he's simmering. That's through is tender. He's is Antonio Brown due back too? No, he, it says he's in a walking boot. So I don't uh, know if that's that. Yeah. That doesn't sound good. But, no. you know, hey, Scotty Miller looks like he's going to be back. So. There we go. <laughs> they'll, they'll be fine. <laughs> Tampa Bay will be fine. But, uh, yeah, I think it really comes down to uh, if we know Logan Thomas is definitely going to play um, Samuel, Diami Brown, like as long as the full complement of receiving game options are there. Mm-hmm. I, I like Heineke. Uh, if it's going to be kind of a, a one man band again with with McLaurin, I get a little worried because we've seen this Bucks defense improve uh, and they're getting healthier as well. You know, so. Uh, it might not be the same Bucks defense that we saw when they were just in the, getting a two cornerbacks and a safety hurt every single week. So I think that's something, you know, obviously monitor our rankings and uh, see where we end up. I think I have them 18th or to start the week. So I'm a little lower than, than you guys, but um, that's just more due to the, the question marks and, uh, and whatnot with the, with the health of Washington's pass catchers. Let's talk about pass catchers though. Uh, Jamar Chase is on by T Higgins. If you've been starting him, he's on by Brandon cooks as well. So, you know, there are some interesting pops, I guess you could call them, by wide receivers last week. Samantha, uh, who is your kind of go-to guy at wide receiver here? I mean, Brandon Ayuk showed signs of life. Olamide Zacchaeus uh, caught a couple of touchdowns. Elijah Moore continues to play only about two-thirds of the snaps in the crowded Jets, you know, receiving core, but uh, did, did flash. And, you know, you always kind of look for these guys over the second half of the season, these rookies. And then, of course, Deshaun Jackson – signed with the Vegas Raiders and has a chance to take over maybe even the full Henry Ruggs role. Uh, so who do you like at wide receiver? 
First of all, did you guys see the Ayuk fumble or whatever, where I was just like, we will not see Brandon Ayuk until week 17 or something like that. <laughs> Obviously, if he's available, he's definitely an attractive option. He is over 50% rostered on Yahoo. But yeah, Moore would be probably a guy that I am looking at. He had a pair of touchdowns in week nine. Pretty interesting, like that he did so well with Mike White and Josh Johnson um, obviously carries some risk and it's, it's against the bills this week, but the jets actually have a really soft schedule after that. So I think he could have some flex appeal after that. Um, Rashad Bateman, 36% rostered. I mean, he's been kind of quiet the past two games and everything, but they faced the dolphins this week and he's getting the targets. And I've seen like promise at least from watching him. So uh, he's a guy that I'm excited about. Tim Patrick, we just mentioned him 25% rostered. He's out there. Go get him. Um, he's uh, he's a guy that I've, I've been advocating for for a while. Um, and then I don't know, uh, maybe Donovan Peoples Jones could be an interesting ad with Odell gone. He uh, obviously had a had a nice game. So maybe a deeper league ad for me. Yeah, I didn't realize Patrick was that low. I think Patrick is the guy because, again, this Eagles defense, like, it's just so easy to play against. Like they're just going to give up catches and try not to, you know, break when they get in the red zone and on third down. So uh, love the Patrick. Oh, Sean, how about you? What, what, what is your take um, on you, first of all? I, yeah, I know you've I, been. You've been fading him at times. Uh, I'm curious where you're at. Yeah, right I, you know, last week, uh, the closer we got to kickoff, the more I loved him last week. The, the signs were there that he was um, going to have a good game. You know, he was coming off season highs in week eight and snap rate, route rate, and target rate uh, or target share. So uh, he also scored a two-point conversion. Kyle Shanahan was saying nice things about him to the media. Um, so all the signs were there. He had a good game. Yeah, that fumble was brutal. Um, but you know, they don't have really many other options behind him. So, and, and we, we know that he has wide receiver two potential. So he's definitely worth, um, adding if not playing, uh, this week. So love Ayuk. um, you know, Samantha already mentioned Rashad Bateman. I think he's a must add in deeper leagues. Um, you know, he season high 81% routes run rate, which makes sense. He's a rookie coming off an injury. So he's only going to get better, uh, in the second half. And, you know, the downside with him is assuming Sammy Watkins returns at some point will limit his ceiling, but assuming Sammy Watkins will be healthy at all is a pretty bold assumption. So I would just add Bateman, um, assuming that Sammy Watkins won't be available the next few weeks. So um, love the upside with Bateman. Uh, I'm fading Zacchaeus. I'm not buying into those two touchdowns. Uh, the top two receivers in this offense are Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson. Um, so, you know, I'm not buying into Zacchaeus. The underlying metrics aren't good for him. Um, so don't, don't over spend for his two touchdowns last week. And then Deshaun Jackson. I mean, if you love two catches for 60 yards, every other game, sure. Add him, but, um, he's going to be too inconsistent for me to trust, especially with Derek Carr. I, I don't think they're a good fit necessarily. So I'm fading on D Jax as much as I love him for DFS. Uh, he's, he's not a good ad for season long. I, I like Djax as a speculative ad because I mean we came into the season pretty you know not too high on Henry Ruggs and Derek Carr's been throwing the ball down the field when he has the guy to do it and the way I'm kind of looking at it is Djax had his choice of where to stop right you know kind of thing and for him, and he didn't he, he didn't just get a minimum deal with the Raiders so he probably went to a place where he he wants to get used right and so the the Raiders I mean they have Zay Jones Marcel Aitman Dylan Stoner. Uh, those are the guys competing with him. I could see him playing like the 70, 80% route run uh, that, awesome. that, that rugs did. Like, I, I don't think it's far-fetched. And they do play the Kansas City Chiefs, which, 
that could turn into a shootout. I mean, it's hard to say now with the way the Chiefs are playing offense, but you know, you know, that's that's still Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Um, so I would I would add him for this week. I agree that I think there's a low floor, but if you're if you're talking about a guy that you can spend like a dollar on or two, yeah, uh, and stash him, why not? Same thing for Elijah Moore. Like he's not getting he like Zacchaeus, I agree. I'm out on him. 54% routes run last week. So Kaj mm-hmm. Sharp actually at 86%. So that's that, that was just kind of an anomaly. But Moore is only playing two-thirds of the, the snap, but he's been productive, and you expect these rookies to kind of play well down the stretch. So I think Moore is an yeah. ad. Ayuk, obviously, because he was drafted as like a, a wide receiver too, so you're just getting value. Even if he does frustrate from time to time, you're getting a lot of value if you can pick him up for, for almost pennies uh, right now. Uh, and then let's close it up with tight end. Uh, not really a, a week where many people are going to be in a bind because you have the Bengals, the Texans, the Giants, and the Bears on by. None of those teams have tight ends that people are starting. But if you do need a tight end, uh, I, I'm guessing it would be Dan Arnold uh, at Indianapolis, right? I mean, he's the guy that keeps, you know, he's one of the top targets for Jacksonville. Sean, I know you like Arnold. Uh, is that the guy that, you know, if somebody needs a tight end this week, that, that's the guy you'd be going to, right? Of course. I mean, I've been promoting Arnold since week five when he had that uh, 79% routes run game. I've been all in on Arnold. So he's my tight end 12 right now. If, you, if you've been leaning on a guy like Ricky Seals Jones the past few weeks, um, swap him out for Dan Arnold because Logan Thomas is coming back. So get off the Ricky Seals Jones train and hop on the Dan Arnold one. It's pretty fun getting, you know, five catches for six yards every week from a streaming tight end. Can't beat that. I mean, you're you- you were promoting Dan Arnold for a minute. I was promoting Dan Arnold yeah. since, like the inception of this podcast. Uh, You're like the since... hipster uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dan Arnold fan, right. like when he was underground, when he wasn't doing anything. Oh man, I remember him <laughs> on the Saints when he was like their fourth yes. tight end. Um, you know, by the way, it was pouring out for Juwan Johnson, who I think was a healthy scratch. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, last week. How, how uh, might he have fallen? Right, uh, Samantha. Any thoughts uh, quickly on uh, on tight end? Yeah, I was fading Arnold last week just in a tough matchup, and he still did pretty well. Four of seven targets for 60 yards. He has at least seven targets and 60 yards in three of the last four games. So, I mean, like really, as Sean said, that's like kind of the best you can ask for for a guy that's 27% rostered out there. um, He could be like a borderline top 12 play this week, and he gets a lighter schedule down the road. So he's an interesting ad. And then Pat Fryermuth, a guy that I have just been all over. I am once again and asking people to add him. I know that some of that relies on Eric Ebron not playing, but I have just been really excited to watch him play. He has exactly seven targets in each of the past two games. And I think he could be a fringe tight end one at a very lean position right now. Yeah, and I think he should play like twice as much as Ebron, even when Ebron comes back. And and they might agree with that because and we talked about Zach Gentry earlier. So Zach Gentry is just a better tight end to have on the field as a blocker. And they, were, they used to do it like Ebron was the pass catcher and whoever else was the kind of more blocker, inline, whatever kind of guy, like Friermuth. But Friermuth is, should be the pass catcher, and then Gentry should be the blocker. And that's just how they should play it. So uh, I would kind of hold on to Friermuth. I agree. Um, I, I just think that he, he may end up still retaining the, the same usage when Ebron comes back. All right, that is going to wrap it up for our Week 10 Fantasy Flex Waivers podcast presented by Prize Picks. Samantha, thank you for joining us. Tell the people what you got going on for the rest of the week. 
Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, obviously follow follow me on Twitter at Samantha NFL. Uh, you can find I'll like tweet out all my work there, but I do the waiver column, the start sit column, and a lot of like injury worry meters now. Uh, just kind of I've been picking out like three to five guys a week that we're really worried about and kind of talking about them. So I did like a Cardinals one last week and kind of prepping you for if this guy sits, then these are the things that should happen and whatnot. So those have been fun. And yeah, um, just all things, I guess, fantasy that I usually do throughout the week. Uh, 21 questions tomorrow with Dan Harris of Fantasy Pros, which is great. Um, and then uh, on my mailbag on Thursday. All right. Well, check that out, everybody. And uh Thank you so much for joining us. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app where you can follow our bets and track yours for free. You can find our fantasy rankings and projections at actionnetwork.com or in the app. And you can find our DFS content tools and models at fantasylab.com. Until next time, let's get this money. <laughs>